Okay, so this is Dan Cadlick. I'm here at the Norwood Club in New York City with Jennifer Barrett, who is the Chief Education Officer at Acorns. And we're going to talk about financial education. Uh, Jennifer, so good to see you. Good to see you. Um, let's start with a simple question. Uh, what would you say is the core belief at Acorns, the idea that makes the engines run every day? It's the idea that anyone can build wealth. You know, that you don't need wealth to build wealth, that it shouldn't be something you're waiting to do when you earn more, when you have more money, that it should be accessible to everybody. And that it's never too early to start? Mm -hmm. We have to be 18, but, <laughs> uh <-huh>. but yes. <laughs> um, what would you say is Acorn's view of financial education? Is it more investor-oriented, or is it more rounded than that? I think it's uh, a much more holistic approach, actually. I mean, we really think about um, taking care um, of the financial well-being of the up-and-coming, is how we think of it. Um, and because we mostly reach people between the ages of 18 to maybe late 30s, so we're getting people pretty early on in their lives, and we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity really to have a profound impact, I think, on the direction of their life. So it's not as if we've given up on boomers who are nearing retirement, but we think we can change the narrative for the next generation. But you're primarily an investment house, I think. Um, so in your financial education programs, do you get involved with things like budgets and debt management and sort of the real basic things that, that young people need? We do. So Grow. we launched Grow in January, and the idea behind it was to provide a website that is devoted to promoting financial wellness so, for millennials. I'm sorry, Grow is a website? Grow is a website that is separate from Acorns. It's published by Acorns, but it is a full-fledged website and it takes a very holistic approach to personal finance. So we're covering budgeting, debt, credit, investing, earning money, mm -hmm. saving money, spending money. It's, it's the whole gamut. So you've said that your audience is predominantly millennials. Uh, from, a, from a financial education point of view, do they pose any special challenges? I think they face special challenges. You think they what? I think they face mm -hmm. special challenges mm -hmm. for a number of reasons. Um, I think that really the biggest differentiator among generations is that, you know, certainly for my parents, and I think even I'm part of Gen X, I think this was partially true for us as well, is that you could count on the government, you could count on your employer to help take care of you. That was realistic. We had pensions, we had Social Security, we have Social Security, and I think that's changing. I mean, pensions are almost gone, certainly for this new generation. And Social Security is under scrutiny. I don't think it's going away, but a lot of millennials do think it's going away. And the age is certainly going to increase. The amount you get is probably going to decrease. So you can't depend on it as much as, say, our parents did. And on top of that, not all employers offer 401ks, and 40 million 
more than 40 million, are now freelancing. So they don't even have access to a 401k. So more than ever before, you are really on your own in terms of taking care of your financial future. And I cannot imagine we could be less prepared for that. Mm -hmm. So, so it's, it's a crisis in the making. It, it, it is a crisis, and not a lot of places, schools, places of work, really, really teach financial education. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the best way to reach this group, these young people that are going to need to start saving now uh, to secure their future? Well, I mean, I think we need to hit them in school. It should absolutely be required in school. No student should graduate from high school without a financial education in my ideal world. Um, you know, I think it's one in six U.S. students can't even meet the basic threshold for financial literacy, and that actually seems low to me. I think we rank 14th in the world for financial literacy, and yet only 17 states require any financial literacy courses at all be taught in their schools, and that hasn't changed since 2014, so it's not as if we're making a lot of progress here. Um, given that, I think we need to reach them as quickly as we can once they graduate from school, because you know the reality is if you, if you look at the surveys and you ask people where they get their financial advice in their 20s, a lot of them turn to their parents or their friends, right? And unless their parents are financial advisors or CPAs, they may not be giving them the best advice. I mean, we know that, that a lot of Americans are making bad financial decisions, so you're basically perpetuating those mistakes for another generation. So I think we have an opportunity, particularly at Acorns, because we have more than 1.2 million investment accounts already opened. Most of our users are millennials. We have a direct line to them. So I think we can mm. communicate with them, and they trust us with their money, so they will trust us. What, for advice. What information do you think is most critical for this group? Oh my God, where do I start? Honestly, I mean, I well, think well, when it, I look it, at... Is it, is it more about starting early? Is it yes. more about... I think uh, that's the number one message. Mm -hmm. then, because you really can't do anything about the debt. You look at this, this generation is the most indebted of any generation, right? They're coming out with an average, I think right now it's between twenty nine and $35,000 in student loan debt. That is an enormous burden to start with. I mean, that, that takes years to pay off. And so you, you want to help them learn how to pay that debt off, but at the same time, you need to teach them to start early. And it doesn't take much. I mean, really, it's $5 a week makes such a difference because you have time on your side. And I think there's a real misperception right now that you can't really start building wealth until you get rid of all of your debt or until you're earning a certain amount of money and that does such a disservice to this generation. I mean, if nothing else, just getting the point across that putting a few dollars aside each week in an investment account can go so far in helping you prepare for your future. And financial education is sort of in the DNA at Acorns, I understand. Mm -hmm. um, how would you say the company is helping to fill this void? I mean, th I think Grow is the biggest initiative, um, and that was really a, a long-term play. I think it's, it's a little unique. If you look at fintech companies or financial institutions, a lot of them have a blog or they syndicate content in, but creating, putting the money and resources behind creating an independent website that really covers the full spectrum of, of personal finance topics. That's a huge investment, and that says a lot about how important it is to Acorns. I think we feel like a, a real responsibility because a lot of our investors are so young, and we want to help them grow into knowledgeable and confident investors, um, grow with us. 
as a global community with a lot at stake, I take it you don't think we're doing enough, and I think most people would agree we're not doing enough. Um, what would you like to see change um, really globally about, about helping people get the financial background they need uh, to secure their future? I mean, as I said, I think we're 14th in the world in terms of financial literacy, so a lot of countries are doing a much, much better job than we are, um, and we can learn from them. I mean, as a, as a woman, I, I think, you know, that the wealth gap is unconscionable, really, mm. right now, worldwide, and I, I think um, it's really the last glass ceiling for women. So that's on a personal level. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's where we really see the biggest gap on a, on a global scale that um, financial empowerment is empowerment, and we'll never be able to close the wealth gap, and we'll never have true equality if we aren't opening up those opportunities for women and educating them. Um, in the U.S., I, I just think it should be standard as part of an education curriculum. I think we can agree that that the world, individuals around the world, are basically lack the financial knowledge they need. Um, and yet there's been this effort, really over the last 10 or 15 years, uh, and especially since the financial crisis, to change that. Uh, it feels to me like it's moving very slowly. I don't know if it feels that way to you yes. or not. Yes, it does. You agree with that? <laughs> it does. To wrap this up, would you say there's any reason for encouragement? Do you see anything out there that encourages you to think that we will, we, we will be able to uh, solve this problem through education? I don't think we have a choice, really. Um, I think we have to face this um, issue sooner rather than later and it's encouraging that people like you are getting so involved in it um, and that we see major financial institutions really recognizing the importance um, we, there are leaders I mean we've we've talked to I've talked to athletes I've talked to people across the spectrum who want to get involved in different ways I mean the NFL is getting involved they have a financial literacy program now you're seeing you're seeing players um, involved now that and when I say players, I don't mean football players, but I mean players across different industries getting involved now who, um, who really weren't in the past. And I, I, so I think there's a level of interest that I, I haven't seen before. I just I hope that um, there's a level of action that follows that interest. Action is what we yes. need. Okay. <laughs> Enough talk. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you.